In this episode, we sat down with Álvaro Carvajal, Export Sales Manager for Thales Australia, one of the largest and most recognized companies in the defense industry sector. Álvaro shared with us his lessons and his journey from Colombia to Australia and how he managed to make it with a lot of sacrifice into one of the most important companies in the sector. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Alvaro Carvajal, what a pleasure. Finally, after all these month, uh, months, um, you know, going through the pandemic, going through lockdowns, but we are here. And uh, let me begin by, uh, by expressing my gratitude um, for making the time. Uh, I know we've been back and forth on emails trying to organize this, but, but again, a pleasure to have you in the Australia-Colombia Dialogue podcast, Alvaro. Um, please, uh, if you can start by introducing yourself uh, and then we, we continue from there. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Cesar. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me here today. Um, my name is Alvaro Carvajal. I'm from Colombia, of course, from Cali. Um, I work at the moment in um, Thales Australia here in Melbourne. And I had the pleasure, of course, to, to meet with Cesar. Uh, part of the Colombian community here in Australia. So, yeah, thank you very much for having me, Cesar. No, the, the pleasure is ours, Alvaro. Um, I know you've been in, in Australia for, for quite some time, and I know we will have time to discuss, um, you know, all all things related to work. Um, I know there's a lot of, 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 of topics that we can touch on because Tallis is, is obviously a, a remarkable company a global company with a with a huge reputation not only here in australia but but obviously in france and and belgium and and is a global company but before we go into that uh you know for for the audience uh, we want to know a little bit more about your journey coming to to australia from all the way from cali the capital of <laughs> salsa in in colombia the best city in colombia yes um look um Pretty straightforward. I went to a French school, um, uh, Lycée Francais from Cali. I had the chance to travel when I was 16 years old to France. That, of course, opened my mind, my eyes, and I really wanted to to travel and to to see the world after you see, you know, Europe in, in such an amazing way. So I went back to Colombia, finished my school. Then I joined the army because, you know, I have family in the army and they were, in a way they were pushing for that to happen. And I was happy with that. Uh, again, a different experience, completely the opposite of being free in Europe in a, with a backpack. It was very different. <laughs> of um, course. I did have the chance to, to join the Lanceros school in Talamaida. Then I was um, sent to the Sinai in Egypt be part of the multinational force and observers. Uh, I spent a few months there and had the chance also to to work with the Australian Defense and Australian Army. Uh, I was reporting to the, the security sergeant back then and um, had the chance, of course, to, to talk to him a lot about Australia. He was from Sydney and it was like endless, you know, conversations with it, him. About it, it was, was it him who converted you? <laughs> I think so, yes, I think so. It was, you know, the Australian Army, 
the uniform, the type of, um, you know, the, the, the topics about Sydney, about Melbourne, about Australia, about the outback. And yeah, as soon as I finished Army, I, I really wanted to come here. Tell so, us a, a, a little bit more about the, the Lanceros because not a lot of people know about this. And, and, uh, and you know, for, for Colombians who are, um, you know, familiarized with, with Army and the military, the, this is something that has quite a, a reputation within the Army. It's not like any, any sort of uh, soft training that you go through. <laughs> Yeah, look, um, the Lanceros School is, is a very, it's called the alma mater of the, the school in, in Colombia. The, the training um, the, the people get exposed to is, is extreme. It's very interesting to see. It's not only for Colombians, but also for the, for the world. They have uh, international courses. They have local domestic courses for non-commissioned officers and for officers as well as for soldiers. So, you know, it, it was an amazing experience. I had that experience with um, a few friends from different um, schools in Colombia, in Bogota. And, and that promotion had uh, also the chance, some of them had the chance to go to the Sinai, to be part of the multinational force and observers in Egypt. So we, we're still in contact, of course. We have a, a really good link and, and the experience that we had was fantastic. Um, so yeah, look, uh, the Lanceros School is part of um, one of the most, if not the most important course in Colombia for the, for the special forces community. So it was fantastic, yeah. How much time do you spend in, in, in the Sinai? In the Sinai, it's, a, it's one uh, we call Relevo. So the Relevo uh, is around eight months. In addition to the eight months uh, commission, you have one month off. So I had the chance to, you know, go back to France or go back to Europe, travel a little bit with uh, with some family members, and then went back to the back to the desert and finished my my commission there. Um, after you look after the Sinai, I, I knew my thing was design and product development. Uh, I've been creative my whole life, and I really liked, you know, that type of elements about you know products and design and creativity and and I really wanted to do something like that so I went to Bogota to the Haveriana University and I studied industrial design and digital design for five years and it was uh, again another experience fantastic experience and what I did was um, join the dots with you know the kind of the legacy I have with the network with army and every single project was army related or infantry related or load carriage equipment related and kind of joining the you know the doctrine the academia with um with the military experience was great so we did quite a lot of projects we did um you know body armor backpacks tents jungle hammocks as a product mm -hmm. first for, for prototype testing prototype and then final product joined a few industry, Colombian industry for, for that type of uh, project. So it was, it was great. It was great. It's, it's one of those things that when you really like something and you're really interested, it doesn't really matter the time or the energy spent, you just yeah. do it and it happens, you know, organically. And then the, the last project was a little bit more serious. 
army, um, Colombian army came to the university asking for, um, you know, kind of specialized students for a simulation system for a vehicle, an armored vehicle, which is the, the Cascabel, these are six by six. And they wanted to have a simulation system, also a driving system for simulation, and, and, and also, you know, everything related to, to combat for that vehicle. So it was a year and a half project, and at the end, Army adopted this project. Wow. And they keep, you know, increasing, you know, the size of, of, the, of the modular systems. So, so I'm pretty sure uh, by the time you were in the Sinai and, and you went back to Colombia, there was uh, something that really sparked that um, desire to pursue that, that career. But my, my question goes into the evolution from that time to now being in, in Thales, Australia. I think you, you have yeah. seen firsthand from a very exclusive uh, seat the evolution of, of, of designing in, in terms of you know equipment and, and all the, the tools and things that uh, military uh, and law enforcement officers need uh, to 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 do their job uh, efficiently every day. Yeah, yeah funny you mentioned that because in 1999, for us, there was no body armor, there was no helmet, there was nothing really. <laughs> it was very, very basic. Uh, when I came to Australia in 2004, I started looking for a job everywhere. Uh, I found, obviously, typical jobs in cafes and in places where whatever it doesn't really matter and in the meantime i keep just pushing for you know military industry defense industry searching everywhere visiting companies but it was very difficult it was a very very difficult year or year and a half where you know all the frustration comes back and it makes you think am i doing the right thing or yep. Is this the industry I want to be, or or maybe this is not the country I want to be in? And all these things, you know, play with your head and, and makes you realize uh, I need to change strategy. So I was always changing strategy every week. Instead of sending, you know, CVs to everyone, just maybe go and visit them. Why yeah. not? Without appointment. My English was okay, <laughs> wasn't great. Um, and to be honest, the, the response I had from that was incredible. Was um, you know better than anything. So I visited a couple of companies. One of them, you know, opened the doors, showed me the production line, and, and, and told me, "Look, there's nothing for you at the moment, but we keep you in mind because this yeah. is great." And I show you my portfolio and whatever I had drawings and sketches, and um, they were. You know that was a, a good step so it's, it's more like thinking all right this this works and this this might work in the future so keep doing that and at some stage i think i went back to that company and said look i work for free let me work for free one month i just need experience and that's the problem for every colombian and every every person who comes to australia is you have experience but it's not really valid it's not you know you they don't know your work they, and they don't know your work you might have lots of experience and and great ideas but but you have to pretty much build your reputation from scratch um yeah i i want to go back to to that point when, when you decided to move to australia because your story is 
is quite remarkable because um, for those who who are familiarized with the military industry, <clears throat> we know uh, the caliber of of Talis. Uh, we know the role uh, that it plays in 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 technology and innovation and research, uh, and making it to Talis is something you know that it deserves all praise, especially for someone who. You know, like you were mentioning, we we don't have experience here. We migrate, and uh, and then we have to find a way through through all the the avenues. But but you made it. You made it, and is is a testament of of resilience, a testament of of uh, perseverance as well, not giving up, uh, and keep pushing and pushing and pushing. But I want to go back to that point in which in your in your life when you decided, okay, I'm gonna take the leap. I'm going to Australia. What was going, what was going on in your mind when you were in, in Colombia? How do you make that decision? Well, when I when I finished my my university degree, it was five years. It was a lot of work. Uh, I'm from Cali, as I said before, and I was living in Bogota, and it was hard. It was hard because you know you don't have your your mom's and dad's house. You need to pay for the apartment and it's expensive and plus all the materials that you have to have in design and all the help, it, it was hard. So I had to work basically from Monday to Saturday <laughs> to pay for everything else, you know, and, and, and that creates, of course, resilience, as you said, but it also, you know, every single minute or every single hour you have, you have to devote that into your career. So at the end, the, after five years and after the thesis, the army purchased, uh, acquired the project, I was ready to, to continue in Colombia and there was nothing, there was no jobs. Um, the military industry was, was not really uh, prepared because of course there's budget constraints to invest in you know, projects. Yep. It was pretty much, um, you know, the manufacturing that exists at the moment is maintaining that manufacturing uh, production up and running. But there was not much in terms of design or innovation or research um, because obviously it's, it's something that is linked to a customer that, that requires his production or product. And you're so, a recently graduated person. like Exactly. It's, it's really hard. Like, what do you want to do? You're going to change the world or what? You know? So I returned to Cali and I started looking at um, different options. It doesn't need to have, you know, the military component, but maybe graphic design, maybe web design, maybe multimedia, a little bit of, um, you know, uh, cinematographic and, and, and television, you know, helping that um, uh, creative design and graphic um, digital design but again it was very very limited so you know i knew what i wanted to do but i couldn't couldn't uh, creating companies in colombia at that stage with that money was impossible so decided to take the take the risk yep. and um, came to australia and the first thing was again the same did, did you have any connections here or, or you said i'm just going to australia no friends i'm just gonna I give really, it a go i really like australia i really like france as well and i had the, the, the french language but I, I really thought australia and canada were the, 
you know, US maybe, but, yeah. but more, you know, far from Colombia. <laughs> for, um, I, I think it was kind of an adventure. And, and the same for yeah. Australian to South America. They think, yes. oh, fantastic, you know. It's a complete right. different world. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And I remember the first thing I did here in Australia was um, after the second or third month was to go to the air show, the Avalon air show. We have air shows in Colombia, but that was fantastic, you know, F-18s and all the planes and they had, uh, you know, a land division pavilion just showing tanks and everything. It was fantastic. And then I saw, you know, tireless everywhere and I'm like, hmm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can do this. Wow. So I started writing to Tales, emails, letters, showing my portfolio. And the letters back were like, thank you. It's very impressive, but, you know. There's nothing. There's wow. just no nothing available. Wow, incredible. And, I think and I, and I kept thinking, you know, this is exactly the, the type of things I want to do. You know, you see these Bushmaster vehicles and uh, Hawkeyes and all the you know systems and you know defense integration system. Amazing, amazing. So when when did you start working for Talis and and what is your role at the moment? And also one third question. What went through your mind when you step into the office for the first time in Thales? Oh God. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, look, I, I started, and, and I can go back a little bit because the, the, the story, I started with design after a year and a half of being here in, in, in Australia, working for free. You know, I said, give me a job, just a month, and then I go. And then they finally said, oh, my God, this guy super annoying super persistent <laughs> all right one year one month one month but we don't have a computer so you have to bring your computer so i used to i used to spend two hours in the train with the computer every day to go there and be there at nine o'clock and that was a, a platypus outdoor start attack they, they do a lot of body armor and gear and i worked for like a month and then after a month they were like yep Look, we, we can employ you. Are you happy with it? Yeah, I'm happy. What about no? I'm happy. Just do it. I'm, 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 I'm in. Yeah. So I started with, ended up being uh, the, the designer, you know, design manager for, for the department and, and quite a lot, a lot of experience, a lot. They, they have a really good um, link with uh, Army Special Forces and other, you know, armies around the world. So chance to to learn from them as mm -hmm. well yeah. in terms of design then i moved to another company which is bigger called ada australian defense apparel and they do the body armor and the uniform and all the equipment for the australian army so i was the head of the department for around eight and a half years or maybe five years and then i moved to more business and international business development within the company mm -hmm. And that's where I met a lot of people from Thales, Thales UK, Thales Australia, Thales Norway. And we start doing a lot of um, integration with body armor for different countries together. Yep. So that, that basically was kind of the, the door and, and it opened quite a, quite a big door about me learning more about the company and me getting really interested about the company. Um, that, that we were working with and yeah after eight years at ada uh, you know it was you know a, a lot a lot done 
and and there was this this door with Thales and a lot of other things you know they they have here in Australia vehicles weapons yeah munition stepping into a much bigger bigger role the system so and so what is the role your role at the moment at the moment I'm looking after export mm-hmm. uh, for Thales Australia and and encompasses a few products um also looking after latin america yep. and, and south america mainly uh, we have a little bit of work going on at the moment with uh, colombia because obviously i'm pushing colombia a lot um and um yeah and there's also other products from uh, belgium and france that we also combine for exports and and going back to, to my initial question because I, i'm really interested in, in your personal story and we will have more time to to go into the detail of of, of your role in tallis but uh when, when you started working there what was your first impression well the, the first impression was it, it's a monster it's a it's a huge company you know we're talking eighty thousand plus employees in the wow. world here in australia is four thousand around 4000 uh the manufacturing footprint is incredibly big and is big for the Thales group so there's some uh main countries and Australia is one of them um the, the amount of uh, production and, and and manufacturing and also research and development is incredible like coming from a small company then going to relatively big company ADA had like 120 employees here in Australia shifting that to to Thales with you know 80,000 in the world you know it's a monster it's it's huge so a lot to learn you know and yep. especially one of the things that I learned most is you know people are really really um knowledgeable here so no matter where you go no matter what problem you have you ask a question you have the answer you have different answers but then it's, it's just very very knowledgeable um the team any any lessons that uh, uh you know as part of that learning curve that you had to that you had to travel that you could identify that within the the organizational structure we can replicate or, or learn to uh, a colombian scenario Look, with, uh, with Colombia, we have a Thales Colombia presence. We have an office there in, in, in operation in Colombia at the moment. Uh, we're working with them, uh, but we're also working with uh, the Colombian industry and then looking for ways to support the Colombian industry and, and also for the Colombian industry, especially the military industry, to, to level that sort of... Um, uh, technology um, and and input from us, if that makes sense. And and how does um, Colombia feed into into your portfolio? Because I know you you mentioned about Latin America business exports, but uh, and you also you have presence in, in the country. Uh, but how does Colombia feed into the whole picture of of, of the company? Look, we, the, the division I am at the moment is, as, as we said, vehicles and tactical systems, VTS, and 
DTS is, uh, you know, armored vehicles, weapons. We have ammunition, we have as propellant. In Colombia, of course, unfortunately, there's, you know, there's a conflict there. And so it's in, in, in Latin America in general, but also a big presence of army, police, security agencies and government agencies. And that also um, allows the industry to be big. You know, it's a very big military industry. So, you know, the, the one of the key reasons why we um, kind of target Colombia and Latin America is, first of all, I speak Spanish and I can talk to them every day, every morning, every night with no problem. Especially at night because of the time difference is terrible. Or so <laughs> yeah. Saturday mornings, especially. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was one thing. The other thing is Colombia, especially Colombia, is really looking at, you know, there's the, the modernization of the army, there's the plan 2030, that's another one. Uh, Minister of Defense is really looking at modernize the forces um, and the association with NATO. That's another thing that, that is quite important because they're not looking only domestically, but they're looking at missions overseas. They need equipment that yep. is standard NATO. They need tactics, they need doctrine, they need, you know, um, defense systems that has to, you know, kind of comply with the NATO standards to be able to participate in those missions. So so this is a this is a, a long term plan with, with Colombia because when I understand if we're talking about modernization uh, and all these sort of processes that a, co a country rolls out in, in within their military or armed forces, uh, this takes time. And so your work is, is usually with a long-term vision, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Um, that's one of the second lessons you learn when it becomes a big company. A big company reflects course, big programs and, and big programs are not one year or two years, could be seven, 10, 15 years, sometimes more. So, you know, that, that was one of the big, um, I wouldn't say shocks, but, you know, it really strike you thinking, oh, this is going to be in ready in four years or five years. When before in the other company was doing prototypes in, in one week, and then the customer wow. was happy and then you go production in two months you have or three months maximum you have the product um no doesn't work like that so that was one of the you know the the, the key things that makes you realize how big the talent is yeah and and what about i'm, I'm curious about the the things that you, that you would like to see in colombia happening in in terms of, of obviously your work yeah well as, as you know Thales is, is massive you know it's, it's quite big it's a lot of presence in, in space underwater over uh, above water land and of course air um, a lot of technology a lot of technology with communication with cyber security and also you know defense systems so anything related to you know, Colombia or Latin America or any other country is more related to or, or more focused on on this type of direction, how to support each country, each defense system, 
in in how to you know work with the the, the presence of talent in the country. And uh, I guess uh, the the key word to to some of the things, if not all the things that Thales do is innovation. It's something that constantly, you know, is embedded in, in everything you do. You're trying to update systems, you know, work hand in hand with, with, uh, with partners uh, across the globe, uh, research, development. Um, and I know that in Colombia, Thales has, uh, you know, invested a lot in, in that in that side of things, uh, also promoting entrepreneurship and more, um, you know, research in, in science, technology, maths, engineering. Um, uh, and I think it's something that perhaps not everyone knows because Thales is, you know, someone, you know, hear the name Thales and might think of one thing, but they don't know the whole story behind it. Yeah. And, and each country will have their own you know, specific customer range. Some countries will have transportation is the key one. So they don't do much defense or air force or other things. Some countries have air force, for example, radar, and that's more or less the key business or the main business. So, you know, if you combine everything, it's, it's quite big. But in terms of um, each country will have their own um, specialty, if that makes sense. What what are, um I want to now switch topics to to you know to your experience um, working in both countries. It's obviously something that we we love to explore and get to know more about because uh, our natural inclination as a public diplomacy organization is to understand how these connections happen between both countries, and the reality is that not not too many people know about this because you know it's very niche uh, but the reality is that there's so many connections between both countries and and i would love to hear more about how how these connections happen in your from from your and from your area of uh, expertise and work well uh, not a lot i can say but w what i can say is there is obviously interest uh, from both parties course um, there's a lot of um, potential for Colombian industry Colombian military industry and also for us to support and and there's a lot of uh, as, as we said NATO become a, an associate NATO country open doors to missions overseas that allows you know us to, to have this sort of standardization with um, with the force so you know it, it's been good journey. Uh, sometimes it's quite challenging because, um, you know, uh, there is, um, there is, you know, specific needs for a country that we can't really, you know, that's a priority and we can't really um, modify that priority. Yeah. So, so you, you, you have seen the evolution of, of, of how Australia and Colombia do business together. And, and from your perspective, um, I think maybe I'm, I'm, cor um, I'm not correct, but uh, you know, there is a growing interest in, in building bridges between both countries, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and as I said, we, from Thales' perspective, yes, there is, there is plenty of you know, the, the type of service and the type of support we can provide, but also from Thales' grants, and that's why 
in Colombia, we have country director, we have office, we have a big presence in, in, in different aspects and different markets as well in Colombia. So now let me go back to to your to your personal story and and thinking about the future. Uh, how do you see yourself in the organization? Because I know you mentioned your work is is usually long term vision. Uh, it's not like um, you know I'm I'm going to deliver this next quarter. <laughs> these <laughs> these processes take time. But but how is how is your your career prospectus in, in prospects in in, in Thales? Well, at, at the moment I'm. I'm working quite heavily with uh, exports in different areas um, from Australia to, um, again, Latin America, South America, a little bit of Europe and Middle East. Um, but I really enjoy, and that's something that you know, you know is, is the research, development, product development, design, that kind of you know um, activities for me are, are really, really important because at the end of the day, you're a commercial person you're going to talk about the product you're going to you know explain and demonstrate um, the capabilities of your company's products and if you know more about the process well that's a that's a plus so i think i'm going to be involved more in not more but just uh, some sort of in parallel with uh, product development and a little bit of research as well obviously over the last um, 18 or close to 24 months uh, due to the pandemic we couldn't get on a plane and and, and visit mm -hmm. Colombia but but I'm pretty sure once uh, you know now that the borders are open but obviously there's still some restrictions and and protocols to be followed but but what's your favorite place in in Colombia apart from Cali apart from Cali look uh, I really like Bogota for, for some reason I don't know why but I really like the Bogota. traffic probably <laughs> the traffic is terrible, yeah. But I had the chance to travel um, to Colombia. I actually took my my in-laws last time I went, just before the pandemic, and it was fantastic. You know, Armenia, that coffee area is just incredible. Uh, we obviously went to different places in Cartagena, um, Medellin. We, we stay in Cali as well, but yeah, I think uh, Bogota is great. I really enjoy Bogota and leaving the, the city and go to different areas outside Bogota is incredible. And uh, the coffee area, definitely. The coffee region is beautiful, yes. Mm. That, that let me switch the question to Australia because, you know, after all these years uh, in the country, it's inevitable that, that you, you actually, you, this, this is your home now. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you grow and develop these this deep love for, for the country, for the culture, for the people, everything that this country has to offer. But any favorite places here in Australia? Because I know you're an avid uh, motorbike rider. Yes. So I'm pretty sure the scenery is, is, is on, on your top, in the top of your list. Yeah. Look, the top, the top trip I've done was um, me and my wife went from Melbourne to Darwin to the center of Australia. Wow. In, in a four-wheel drive with a rooftop tent was the best. There was nothing better than that. We, we traveled for a month almost, a little bit more, and we ended up in Darwin and went to every single national park. Wow. It was the, like the best trip. The, the, the place, the, the places we visit were fantastic. 
we also did you know Tasmania probably 17 times is another like fantastic place here in Australia and um, in the west you know the south and northwest northwest is beautiful too wow amazing any any things that, that you missed from from Colombia well the food the food is is something I miss there's a few Colombian restaurants here in 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 Melbourne we go all the time you're lucky um, because here in Canberra nothing nothing and and there's a, a lot of places you can buy you know the Colombian food but it's not the same you know yeah. being in, in Colombia having a bandeja paisa or something like that doesn't doesn't mix so this is this is a very you know controversial question okay <laughs> <laughs> be ready <All> right. yes. <laughs> coffee you know, you're in the capital of, of coffee in, in Australia, but where the yeah. where the coffee tastes better? Colombia or, or, or Melbourne or Melbourne. Australia? Melbourne? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the, the, the way they prepare coffee here is it's like never you know, I never never taste the coffee like like the one here. And I've been traveling a lot and every time even when I go to Middle East they have different coffee or you go to Southeast Asia, they have a specific coffee. The coffee from, from Melbourne is, is incredible. Incredible. You, you, you develop a, like a really, really um, sophisticated uh, coffee culture in Melbourne and, and, yeah. and world-class, world-class renowned. It's amazing. Absolutely. But, you know, I always tell people, oh, you, you Colombian. I said, yeah, yes, oh, your coffee is excellent beautiful i said yes but don't forget that the coffee that we get in in australia is much better because all the export quality coffee comes here exactly. <laughs> when exactly. we go back to colombia we get to drink the, the national product which is also <laughs> good but the, the export quality gets gets shipped to to australia um well, but, when, when i took my in-laws to the you know coffee region we had this this session with uh you know all the coffees from different you know, regions and different uh, uh, toasted levels and sizes and everything, but it tasted all right, but it wasn't great. And they explained, look, all the, the good beans are, are, are exported. That, that's it. The, the okay beans will stay here and the normal beans is, is for Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> and and is it different, you know, different, different type of, of coffee, like, you know, you, you go here and you have your flat whites, your, you know, your lattes and, and all these fancy drinks, uh, you know, coffee drinks. But in Colombia, especially coffee region, I know this because uh, uh, my mom's family is, is, is actually from the coffee region in, in Armenia. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's just uh, Lomblak, but it's a different it's kind of Lomblak because it's very, you know, diluted in, in water. It's not as strong as, as a real uh, Lomblak here in Australia. Yeah. And some of them obviously make it with, uh, prepared with, with panela, with sugar cane, and, and tastes different, but, but it's still, yeah, yeah uh, one of the things that I missed about Australia when I go uh, uh, to Colombia or overseas is, is actually the coffee. But... Luckily for the both of us, uh, we get to drink to have uh, the best of both worlds. Yeah, and don't, don't get me wrong, Luke. Every time I go shopping, buy groceries, or ask my wife, please buy Colombian coffee. And 
you can get Colombian coffee. And it's really, really good. Really good. Yeah, the good news is that, um, you know, just recently, um, now we have the, the, the barista world champion, the barista world champion Colombian. He's Colombian. Oh, so, yeah. so, yeah, so we've got now some of the best, if not the best coffee. Uh, but also now we have to add to our belt uh, the the best barista in the world, Colombian. Yeah, Alvaro, it's 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 been a pleasure. You know, it's it's always delightful to to talk to you. Uh, we've been, you know, we met a couple of years ago, but um, you know, you know, I consider you a dear friend, um, and and I appreciate your time, especially sharing uh, your generosity to share your your journey here in Australia, which uh, I told you before is, is remarkable. There's nothing better to see country fellow men and women uh, succeeding in Australia, uh, pursuing and making their dreams reality. Uh, after all the hard work, study, you know, sacrifices, it's great to see Colombian, uh, Colombian country fellow men and women making it, making it. And on behalf of all the team of the Australia-Colombia Dialogue, uh, our only message is is to wish you well, especially for the for the next year, but uh, uh, all the years ahead in, in your career for you and your family. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, Cesar. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me today. Um, as I said before, I'm I'm open to whatever you need and whatever people need. Happy to to be contacted. Um, and uh, yeah, look, who knows what's going to happen next and. We, we will be very connected for the future. Thank next you. Time. Thank you, Alvaro. And uh, yeah, all the best. We look forward to catching up in person with uh, with uh, coffee, a good Melbourne coffee. <laughs> Thank you for listening okay. to the Australia-Colombia Dialogue Podcast. If you like this episode, please share, leave a comment, review the show on iTunes, Spotify, or in your favorite podcast app. You can find more about the dialogue at oscolddialogue.org. That is A-U-S-C-O-L dialogue.org or on any of our social media platforms where you can also connect with our team. Our show is presented to you by Cesar Alvarez, produced by Jose Ruiz and edited by Ethan McMaster and Bernard Aji. This is the Australia-Colombia Dialogue, advancing and promoting our country's bilateral relations.